The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? We should ask our SEC audience, strong audience, for the Lucilla Show with Will Cain today on ESPN Radio. Do the Florida Gators, do they share the same color scheme as your alma mater? Not Texas, not law school, but undergrad, Pepperdine, Blue Waves? Just Waves. Just Waves. That threw you off because of Tulane, right? Because Tulane had to the green qualify wave. their way. Right. I think Darian Connecticut's the Blue Waves. I think that's what it was in my head a little bit. Really? I, I lose track. Of, I knew Pepperdine was the Waves, but I was like, is it a specific wave? It's all the waves. It's all of them. Um, you asked me, what's the Pepperdine color scheme? I said blue and orange, and we were racking our brain like, who's blue and orange? Who's blue and orange? I said, well, Broncos, but that's sort of navy and orange. It's hard. It was hard for us to go, who is blue and orange? And I yeah, think the answer is the Gators. Yeah, but it's that bright blue orange. I feel like there's still a better example, and I can't think of what it is right now. All right, we'll get there. we got three hours. With Will Kane today, the Rosilla Show on ESPN Radio. Where do you start? I mean, there's there's so much going on, but I think you do start with the breaking news right here. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. The game I think we were all looking forward to, the game that was probably as entertaining as any that we saw over the entire weekend, and a game that meant something for the NFC standings, and that were the Eagles at Rams. That I thought, I know it's a lot of scoring, so it makes it seem like it's taking away from the defense, but it was so much fun, the back and forth. There's so many awesome players out there in that game. You're like, man, the talent everywhere, how these rosters have kind of turn themselves around in such a quick amount of time. But the headliner is in the win, the Eagles actually lose Wentz, and now we know with the torn ACL that he's going to be out for the season. And this means what? I think it means that the Eagles are done as far as assessing who are realistic Super Bowl contenders. Can I talk about bias for one second, Ryan? Um, Whenever I talk about the Eagles, I'm going to be accused of bias because I have a clearly obvious Dallas Cowboys bias. Bias is interesting because we all have it. And all you can do is try to wrestle with it and be honest about it. Mm -hmm. And then you can approximate some semblance of objectivity. Well, you know, this is the prism I view things through. Let me go ahead and make some adjustments because of that. And I I, I don't like the Eagles. Never have. Had this discussion with my children last night. Probably my least favorite franchise in professional sports. So I think I've been slow to acknowledge how good they are as a team. That defense, especially on the defensive line, amazing. Their rotations of guys they can use on the D-line is incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is like one of those SEC schools where you go, how do you do this? I mean, you're not supposed to do that with the cap. You're not supposed to be able to do what they do with the bodies of the cap. Their rushing attack, I mean, it's astounding. And they're doing it with guys that on an individual basis I look at and I go, ah, I'm not really all in on J.H.I.E. You know, each one of these players individually, I'm like, eh, am I really afraid of him? No, but it adds up to, what are they, number one in the league in rushing attack, number two after Jacksonville? They're up there. They're top five rushing attack. Um. And even Alshon Jeffrey, I've been slow to accept that he is the A number one wide receiver that he showed to be so many times yesterday. That catch he made in the end zone. And I that mean, was the go-ahead after his Wentz. hip, right. low. And Wentz blows out the knee, but it's not such a significant injury that he couldn't get up. He stays in for four more plays, and on fourth and goal gets that touchdown, and Jeffrey just picks. See, I always liked Jeffrey. I liked Jeffrey in college. I liked him in Chicago, but in Chicago it's this it revolving door. Though, man. Yeah, but it's a revolving door of quarterbacks. It's all these different people. I've always thought Alshon Jeffrey's a really good receiver. I'm not saying he's you know in that top tier of five guys, but he's. I think he's always been underrated. Well, here's my point in talking about bias and going through the different aspects of the Eagles roster. They are really good. I want to acknowledge that, trying to see it past the prism of my bias. They are really good. But I just don't think you survive the loss of your MVP candidate-level quarterback. You cannot survive the loss of Carson Wentz, plug in Nick Foles, and say, yeah, we're rocking along, we're still Super Bowl contenders. I just don't think you can do it. Well, who's saying that they are? I think people are saying they're still Super legitimate. Bowl contenders with Nick Foles. 
and losing maybe the MVP. All right, here's Ryan Clark. I guess he is saying it. This is the year of the backup quarterback, and we've seen Nick Foles excel in this league. At Philadelphia with Chip Kelly in 2013, the year that you just mentioned, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. He can't do it the way Carson Wentz can do it, but he is a starting quarterback in this league. He's done it before. What you have with Nick Foles is a guy who's been there and seen things in this league. Is his ceiling as high as Carson Wentz? No, but you don't play him the same way. Doug Peterson understands this. This is why you have that stable of running backs. Right. You start with the running game, Do you think good defense, change the playbook? and you, you, you don't change the playbook. Right. You change the play calling. Okay. You change what you lead with. Now they just need to lead with the run game and allow Nick Foles to acclimate himself into the offense and play off of that. Wow. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Saturday, and we'll ask him the same exact question. I didn't think that this was going to be – really that debatable like how do you lose somebody like Wentz and you're like okay they're still fine I mean people you have don't to... you don't is Ryan coming in today we have Ryan on the show uh, today? no I think he's on um he's on the Spanish broadcast tonight so oh he's doing that yeah so he's probably prepping up on his ESL stuff today um that I respect every aspect of Ryan's analysis but he's just wrong man you don't you do not sub out Carson Wentz for Nick Foles and say, yeah, we're still Super Bowl contenders. Nick Foles is a great NFL backup. What does a great NFL backup do? Win you four games in case your starter can come back. Not win you the Super Bowl. Not party too much. Well, you can party. Too much yeah, carries but, all the right. way. You can't be asking the <laughs> starter. You can't ask the starter to be coming out with you all the time. Uh, it's the Rosilla Show. Will Kane today. Straight Talk Wireless. Nationwide coverage on America's largest, most dependable 4G LTE networks. I didn't really think this is where the conversation was going to go, is are the Eagles done or not? Because I couldn't believe that there would be other people on the other side like taking that bet. Now, maybe it's because it's the NFC. If you run through the NFC, you go, okay, Minnesota felt like, and it's all this is all quarterback bias. Is it a team with a really good record with a quarterback we're still not so sure of? Yeah, well, when you're that team, we don't take you as seriously, despite the fact Minnesota has a lot of good wins. If they were a college football team towards the end of the year, in the mix for the playoff, we'd be applauding them, going, look at look at some of the teams that the Minnesota Vikings have beaten. These are good wins. But then Carolina takes care of them yesterday after Cam Newton had another kind of erratic game and then breaks off this huge run. So if you're going one through six, one through seven, it's Philly, it's Minnesota, it's the Rams, New Orleans, Carolina. Atlanta's now in with Seattle's loss. Seattle would be out of the playoffs today with seven. Maybe is it the Nick Folk Fluke year combined with parity at the top in the NFC? Nick Foles. Oh, I just said Nick Foles. Sorry. Um, I don't know about his fluke year. He could kick. He could kick. Right. Huge slump out of nowhere. Nick Foles, is it his fluke eagle season with Chip Kelly and the parity at the top of the NFC that has people at least open-minded about them still coming out of the conference? That's exactly what it is, but I'd add this little bit of icing on top of your cake there. It's And you alluded to this. It's the Case Keenum distortion. I think people are looking at it and going, well, look what the Vikings are doing with Case Keenum. We are not giving Case Keenum enough credit. Yes, a career backup, but the way he's playing is not what you expect of a backup. It's not what you expect your backup to step in and do. Nick Foles is a good player, but that year that Ryan referenced in that clip you just played, Ryan Clark, and the one that you just referenced, you called a fluke, it sounds mean, but it is a massive outlier. Massive on every statistical it's not category. Mean. It's the truth. It's the truth. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yards per attempt, nine. The rest of his years, there were hardly over seven. There were, a lot of years, there were four and five yard attempts. And that one year, he's thrown it nine yards downfield with only two interceptions. His, his rating was 119, man. He was like 
Talk about MVP candidate. And that's what you're counting on? That Nick Foles? Well, that guy hadn't been here in what's it been? Six years? Five years? I want to add to that, but I want to carry this over, okay? Because there is a a combination of, of factors here. One is Nick Foles, like a lot of other quarterbacks, actually plays into this basketball question that I heard Lebetard ask a long time ago, and Lebetard was crushed for asking this question. And it was a totally I would I would listen to it, I go, I'm so glad Lebetard is question? asking this question. Okay. There's that. And another team with a really good record. It's not Minnesota, where I think we still are looking at them shrugging, going, uh, I don't know. So more NFL stuff. We'll do that next year. Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well not with that attitude, wow. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The most viral topic of the weekend has crossed over into everything, and I want to do that at the very end. So it's it's a bit of a stretch when it comes to sports, but it's going to work, so trust me. And it's the bully video that's been going around, and it's heartbreaking to watch this kid. But now the aftermath is like the 48 hours of this bully video going around, it's encapsulated just everything. It's the world. Okay, that okay. video and then everything that's happened after the fact. He's super pumped about this. Should have seen him in the show meeting. Ryan, bullying video, oh, yeah. ready to rock. If I were to say, do you think I was a bully or was bullied? Honestly? Yeah. You were the bully. And yet, I told you before the show, I was on the bullying end at certain times. Which explains life. a lot as well, by the way. But I hope you tell the full story. Because your particular action that was done to you as you were bullied, I think is pretty... I got to give those bullies... Credit for creativity. They were very, they were very efficient and creative with what they did to me as a, as a mouthy freshman, um, and maybe I deserved it in in hindsight. But this kid doesn't deserve what he's going through. But uh, it's just social media in a nutshell. And in, in two days of, of the reaction to it, with Will Kane's Rusillo show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now you can test drive snapshot to see how much you could save before switching to Progressive. Visit progressive.com forward slash snapshot. I want to talk Steelers last night because that is my answer to the team that also has a great record, and it's not Minnesota. They have a great quarterback, and we still are kind of doing this collective. Eh, we'll see. But I want to start with just off of what you talked about, the Nick Foles year, that 27 touchdowns, two picks. I am with you. 
who how could I sit here going, oh, the Eagles will be fine. They're right in it. I mean, you just lost maybe the MVP, and now it looks like it's locked up for Brady. But how about a completely different story, a take on the Foles thing in general? It's just that how Jeff Fisher consistently has these quarterbacks that have had kind of these nice little runs and really ultimately had their worst times with him. Foles is one. Um, Keenum actually was a little bit better in his short time with the Rams, but not this. Yeah, you can't. Not not this. And, you know, Bradford has had stretches where you're like, okay, now he looks a little bit better. So Fisher has all these guys attached to him where you go, it's one thing to go, hey, he's the 8-8 eight and eight guy. Hey, don't and, forget Goff. Yeah, Goff <laughs> is the all-timer. And the Goff one was even worse, and I'm glad you reminded me of that one, Will, because when you go, what is wrong with this stuff? I'd hear kind of like Fisher apologists telling me, well, they can't really get a lot of people in here because nobody wants to be on the staff, so his staff isn't that strong. I'm like, this dude is untouchable. Hey, man, a year ago, and I was, I've was i been with you now for a couple months, so as recently as the spring, the conversation at times, the whispers were, well, you know, Jeff never really wanted Jared Goff anyway. He was forced into that for yeah, marketing he purposes. Didn't, yeah, was, right. He's a better coach than they're forcing players on. Yeah, and his <laughs> offensive staff wasn't that good because there was uncertainty about moving and he couldn't get the right coaches in. And I'm like, this dude must have just... like. Pictures of everybody, because everybody was always talking about Jeff Fisher all the time, and now you see what Goff has done this year, and he's the best example, but also at times with Bradford, with Keenum, with Foles, and you go, this is just further evidence. And I remember when Levitard did a segment on Mark Jackson, okay, who works with us now and was the Warriors head coach before he was fired. And Levitard asked a question where he goes, does this Warriors run, does it become more damning evidence of what kind of coach Mark Jackson was? And people crushed Dan for suggesting that, going, no, 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 no. Mark got this thing started. He provided defensive intensity, you know, and these players got better, and then he deserves some credit for developing them. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If, if the team fired Mark because they go, we can do better than this, then I would actually agree with Levitard at this point. But it is one of those things where you can be criticized the pros and cons of your tenure, and then there can be evidence after you're out of there or further removed from these quarterbacks that makes you wonder, wait a minute, why did anyone ever support this guy? I can think of nothing more indicting of Jeff Fisher than the fact that three quarterbacks were on his roster last year, and those three quarterbacks are the top three seeds in the NFC right now. <laughs> Jared There's Goff, Case Keenum, right. and Nick Foles. And then, look, we're not— Foles isn't, yeah, like, Foles isn't the reason where the Eagles are. The right. But all three of those guys were on the Rams roster last year. And what did Jeff Fisher get out of them? Nothing. Nothing. And you know who it crushes me for? You know who it makes my heart break for? Vince Young. Now, Vince Young had many of his own issues, but, you know, I've never seen a more talented athlete in my time as a football fan at any level. A guy who could dominate every single other athlete on the field. He goes to the Titans and Jeff Fisher and goes to the Pro Bowl. And again, Vince Young had his own issues. But you're now going to tell me I can't re-engineer all the way back to that and go, if only it had been another coach for Vince Young? Okay, whenever you use... Went to a Pro Bowl when it's quarterback with me. <laughs> I know you've lost the argument. It's kind of like when RG3 was going out on Twitter saying, you know, I was captain of the team. You're Do you like, really think Vince Young didn't have more in his bag than Jeff Fisher allowed us to see? No, but I think the NFL told you that we're good on Vince Young. When I look at the 30-17 and 17 record and people want to make it out to be this other reason why he wasn't given a second chance. I mean, he, even he himself. I admitted. said two times he had his own issues. If he went to Oklahoma, you would never have this position. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. I'd hate him if he went to Oklahoma because he would have dominated me for four years. All right. One other question here. Priscilla Show with Will Kane, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Download the app. Download the podcast. Subscribe to it. The Steelers are the number one seed in the AFC. 
And it looked like they were going to lose last night to a Baltimore team, which, to be fair, offensively has gotten it going in the last couple of weeks. They're 11-2. and two. Are we not as impressed with a talented number one seeded team in the AFC as we should be? And is it all because of New England? It's No, it's not all because of New England. It's because of Pittsburgh. But New England will be the truth serum on Pittsburgh. We have seen Pittsburgh consistently play to the level of its competition. Have no idea to this moment really how good the Steelers are. For 11-2, and two, they're the most mysterious 11-2 and two you could come across. And here's what will be awesome about that game next week between the Steelers and the Patriots. We know the Belichick philosophy is to take away the one thing you want to do. They target Antonio Brown 18 times last night. 11 catches, over 200 yards. What will that look like against the Steelers? If Belichick's plan is to take away the one thing you want to do, what will the Steelers look like if Brown is limited? I cannot wait to find out who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I look at last night and go, oh, wait a minute, is the Steelers' defense hurting? Is it perhaps a Ryan Shazier deal where you know, that's this awful story that we still don't really even know what's going on there, uh, despite so many reports that seem incredibly vague about Shazier's status. And again, this is a linebacker that's been injured and has been in the hospital essentially since. Um, you know, you go, all right, what if they had lost? But people have said, well, you know, this is a super emotional week. And maybe even a part of you goes, okay, I, I can understand that a little bit. But they're sixth in yards, seventh in points allowed defensively. And so, you know, last night they give up a bunch of points to the Ravens, who generally haven't been scoring a ton. I, th- I think it's all New England. I think it's all New because England. Because we're comparing them to the Patriots? Yeah, I think we're so – and we, we have plenty of evidence. It, it's, oh, New England-Pittsburgh, and I'm supposed to buy into Pittsburgh in the playoffs again after watching them not be able to adjust whatsoever in previous matchups. Like, that might just be that bad, bad matchup. It's not that it's just New England – it's that it's New England against Pittsburgh. And for whatever reason, Pittsburgh can't figure it out with those guys. So it feels like until further notice, we can't take them seriously. When they're 11-2 and two, and they're top seven in those two defensive categories, on top of all the offensive weapons that they have. When they had Shazier. And one thing we've learned this year in particular is that middle linebacker, how important it is to any defense. Well, not Sean Lee, Luke Keekley or Ryan Shazier, he's the quarterback of that defense. They should have he's enough not talent. there anymore. I know, but they still have enough talent to be competitive defensively without Shazier. I mean... <laughs> I know Sean Lee, the numbers are ridiculous. They're ridiculous, and you, can, you look, I've heard former players talk about this. The middle linebacker, losing your middle linebacker is like losing your quarterback. That's the guy making the play calls. He's telling the other guys on the field where to be. It's more than just losing the talent of the guy who makes the tackles. He's controlling the defense. We got Jeff Saturday on Michael Bennett's role, who's to blame in that dust-up between Seattle and Jacksonville, and the Quentin Jefferson almost going into the stands pacer style uh, in yesterday's game. So we're going to talk with Saturday. want to remind everybody, with the gifts rolling in, Amazon has millions of toys and games to choose from this holiday. For kids of all ages, check out Amazon today with Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Electricity charge inside Energy like a lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed Entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging Take one spot in. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, 
HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. The viral video from over the weekend. We're actually going to do this topic here for a little bit. We got Will Kane, Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio because it covered everything. But let's stay with the football right now. We get Jeff Saturday in studio. I know, Will, you want to start somewhere. Yeah, Jeff, talk to me about the end of the Seahawks Jags game, the Michael Bennett play. Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Games on the line, obviously. They're trying to run the clock out. They're going to kneel it. As as an offense, as you approach the line of scrimmage, you know as you're getting down, are they in a real stance? Are they unbuckling their helmet? Are they undoing their shoulder pads? <laughs> I'm serious. Like that's right. that's real, right? They get down that position, you know they're firing out. You look at them, hey, protect yourself, right? Because the offensive line, they should be going forward and staying low and submarining, right? That's how you protect your quarterback from getting hit if somebody blows through the line. So that goes on. That is what it is, right? The Jacksonville Jaguar offensive line didn't handle it the way they should. Jefferson stacks the guard up. They get you know they get into a little push and shove match. But Bennett tries to swipe the ball from Linder, which is their center, and he's so he tries to swipe it. He misses, and Linder's trying to get up. And then here we got this you know Bennett who's just acting like an idiot, grabbing legs, you know, trying to tussle with him because he couldn't swipe the ball again. I don't have the problem with you trying to go for the ball, but the play is over, bro. It's snapped, it's kneeled, it's down, it's done. Instead, he's trying to grapple with him. You know, another one of the Seahawks comes over and pushes Linder down from the back, and and you know, all of a sudden, it looked Bennett, like Bennett was trying to roll him up. Yeah, too. he's trying to get up on top of him and all that. And, and the bottom line is, Linder snapped it, stepped forward, and didn't do anything wrong. And that that's the that's the deal to me. Is at that point. It's become, you have an attitude problem. It has nothing to do with wins and losses. You freaking lost. By the way, on third and 11, they ran it right at you. You got pushed back. The whole defense got smashed around. They run it for 11 yards. Fournette gets it right. They're fired up. They closed you out. I have no problem with you trying to attack the ball, doing those things. But when it's done, the play is done. We don't need a wrestling match after. And the problem is this is this is the same kind of issue. It's post-play nonsense that does not have any place in our game. Well, but let me clarify because this is the kind of insight that you can offer that Ryan and I cannot. So I see Bennett dive at Linder's legs twice. The second time is clearly after the play is over. He's diving at the back of Linder's legs. But what about at the snap? You said he's swiping at the ball, but it looks like he's kind of rolling into Linder's legs. Right. It looks malevolent. Is that a normal play? Yeah. If he, if he's trying to swipe the ball as a center, you know when you snap it, you're trying almost like a sprawl in wrestling. You're just trying to catch him because you just got to make sure the snap gets. Back. What he's trying to do is jack up your snap between you and the QB, hopefully there's a fumble, they can scrum it and get it. And I get it, right? I mean, it's happened my whole career. But you just you catch him like in a sprawl where you fall down over the top of him. So now you know you're going to be over the top of the defensive lineman, right? So so he's draped underneath you. And it's like now he's pissed that he's underneath Linder because he dove out and tried to do that, right? Again, that's not the issue. The issue is after the play is over, he's ticked off that Linder's on top of him and, and laying on top of him or whatever as they're trying to get up. Now he's grabbing legs, like you said, trying to roll in the back of his legs, trying to re-roll him, you know, those, and then his, and his buddy's trying to push. Like, hey, man, you lost, bro. Like, like let it go. And don't have anybody. Don't don't risk an injury because you because you're because you're pissed because the the game's over. What did you think about Jefferson, his teammate, and another guy in that D line there being upset with the crowd because he's going to the tunnel, he's thrown out, he's leaving, and then he turns back around after he has stuff thrown at him. Yeah. So I'll say this. So the first one when he has his helmet on, he's running in, and the first guy throws it. 
you just got to keep going, right? At that point, I understand. Does it aggravate you? Absolutely. I've had people throw stuff on me, no doubt. Every player who's played in a contentious football game or some kind of rivalry, it's happened to us. So as you're going in, popcorn's getting dumped on you, drinks are getting dumped on you, whatever it is, and it's not fun, but it, but, but it happens, right? And we need to handle from the fans' perspective from that. When he goes back out, though, takes his helmet off and goes back out, and he's jawing back back and forth with the fans. I really didn't have much of an issue with what he's saying, right? At that point, when they throw something at your face at that point, I fully understand him, you know, being ticked off. It should have never gotten there, but those fans, the people who threw that stuff, never again should they be in a stadium. But I'm just I'm just telling you right now, like player health and safety, we talk about it. Like that's it. We find each other for 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 going at each other. If a fan is throwing something at your face, Obviously, they don't care about our health and safety, and it's not—it's not a right to go to a football. At that point, you're done. Pack them up, get them out. But he—he should have just kept running on the first part of it. Once it got to that, I'm sure he lost his mind. But in my opinion, it's a—it's a fine. There's no suspension. He didn't get in the stands. He got stopped. I get the optics of it look bad. We got pictures of our own people snapping some photo and putting it on. I get it. It doesn't look good. But he didn't hit anybody. He didn't do any of that. He had a verbal exchange. The the league needs to find him from the fan perspective or whatever that nonsense is, and then move on. What are the Steelers? Because I watch them and I'll think they're eleven and two. Do I have doubts about them because of New England staring them down? Or because when I see them play bad teams, it seems to be close, and yet I still think they're as talented as anybody. So I oh, don't they're, they're loaded talent wise, but to your point, they play to their opponent, and that always makes you nervous when a team does that. And last night, and, and Antonio Brown just played phenomenal football late in the game with against a good against a good defense, really. And as you're as you're looking at what they were able to do in the fourth quarter, how the Ravens didn't close that out is shocking. I'm I'm similar to you though. I, I think the matchups for the the Steelers, and it'll be interesting to see when they have to cover the Patriots out of the backfield. Whether it's Burkhead, whether it's Lewis, whether it's White. I mean, just keep naming them. That's going to be a tough matchup because they give up a bunch of big plays, and those guys out in that open space can create all kinds of havoc for you. But on the offensive side, man, they are as talented as anybody in the NFL, and they are making it happen. And, and whether it's Bell, whether it's Brown, every every once in a while it'll be Schuster, then it'll be um, it'll be Bryant and Boswell. I've heard him thrown in the killer bees. Now the kicker, everybody's getting a shot. And listen, as we're talking about everybody else, let's talk about the offensive line who, for sixty six plus or whatever it was, throws last night absolutely balled up front to keep Roethlisberger uh, pretty clean for the for the most of the, for the majority of the day. As Super Bowl contenders, are the Eagles done? No, definitely not done. I'm, I'm telling you, I said this earlier today, but Fole, what Wentz gives you, Foles cannot replicate. I understand that. That's not it's not his game. But they're a good enough football team, and they have lost some really good players. I mean, you think about Peters was gone. Darby didn't play half the season. Sproles is out. I mean, you can go through the list of special teams players they've lost, and they just keep reloading. This is a good overall team, and they believe in that team concept. So whether it's a Ajayi, whether it's Blunt, whether it's Clement, Smallwood, they have enough running backs. They have enough guys on the outside who will make plays for Foles. They stay committed in the same way. Schwartz's defense isn't going anywhere. He understands how to run it. And by the way, like Cox didn't play some games. I mean, and it's like you don't even know they're they're not there. They just they just keep replacing guys. So I would absolutely say their 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 Super Bowl hopes are still alive. Not not as strong a, con, a contender with 
when they had Wentz, but they still have a full opportunity to make the most of that NFC. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you. We'll have more on the Wentz injury again official today. Torn ACL out for the rest of the season. We haven't even touched on Baker Mayfield. I know you want to do the Michael Bennett Seahawks thing. But coming up next, it's kind of sports, but it's also really kind of today. And that is a viral video about bullying that everybody felt great about for half the time it's been out. And now everybody is questioning the motives behind it. So we're going to discuss that because social media is everything as far as our daily deal. And this is a perfect example again with Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well not with that attitude, wow. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So I'm going to fly through the timeline. Most of you have seen it. Some of you haven't. And it's a young boy uh, out in Tennessee. His name's Keaton. And, you know, he he gets bullied. And he gets bullied at school. And anybody that's been on the receiving end of bullying, uh, especially when you're a young kid, it's it's rough. It's brutal if you're a parent and, and your kid maybe socially isn't as caught up as, as the other kids. That's going to be heartbreaking uh, to have your kid come home and, and tell you he doesn't like going to school or she doesn't like going to school because other people are making fun of him. And the first time I watched the video, it, it made me really sad. The kid's crying. He's he's really well-spoken. He's making great points. He's like, the, the kids pour milk on me. They put ham down my shirt, and they do all these things. And you watch a video, and your heart breaks a little bit. And I think inherently the beginning of this story is that people can be really good, and people see bad, and they see people being upset, especially when it's a kid, because everybody should like kids. And they want to do something to help. So then everybody jumps in on this deal and being like, I want to help. And the UFC reaches out, which is great. We reached out at ESPN. Game day reaches out saying, come hang out with us, Keaton. You're the man. Like, yeah, you got to tell these bullies it's not cool. Snoop Dogg, Bieber, Katy Perry. Everybody's reaching out. And then it turns into a, if I'm in the public spotlight, do I want to be left out? Now, I might, <laughs> you know, I got to invite him to something here. So I don't seem like a bad guy. And then I also have a real problem with people in social media in general where they find a way to save the video to their feed and then they tweet it out to get their retweets or likes on Instagram where you're like, you know, you're just, you just took the video from the initial thing where it all started. Will Kane, Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio, brought to you by Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season, Upside.com. They start up a GoFundMe. That's at 55000 There was a hashtag that said, give the Jones a good Christmas. That's Keaton's family. Um... At one point, I saw a P.O. box set up for gifts, and I'm like, okay, where's this going? And then you start to think, is everybody just doing this? Patricia Arquette at one point demanded to talk to the principal, and then you go through the comments, and somebody's like, oh, my God, you're my favorite actress. And you're like, no, no, we're on bullying right now. We're on bullying right now. And then you give it a day, and then guess what happens? People start digging into the mom's social media. She's the one that posted the video, and I'll admit, as I sat there and I watched the video, I go, well, wait a minute, did you have to do this to your kid? And did you do this for bullying or did you do it for some other motivated reason? I think this way. I think this way about everything all the time, which I wish I didn't, but I just think that's what's up. And then they find some video, uh, video some, excuse me, pictures of her, some posts where she's talking about standing for the flag, complaining about Black Lives Matter, then a picture with a Confederate flag. And now she's a racist and called out. No one should donate to her. All of this happened in literally 48 hours. Not even. And that is where we're at. Amazing. I don't. I don't even know where to pick it up. There's so many threads. 
So many threads to pull on. I mean, you touched on all of them right there. We talked about this pre-show. I, when I saw the video, you hit all these notes, I think, but do we all have to get in on it? Like, do we all have to high-five and go, me too, and you can come, and I've got you back too, and come I on th- up to the yeah. Rosillo show and hang out with me and Ryan? Yeah, that's kind of what it is, is that, you, you know, you'd almost, you want to believe people are motivated. And I think, you know, the people that I know, like when Randy Scott from SportsCenter is saying, come visit, I know Randy. And Randy's like, yeah, come hang out. And it's awesome. But and why I, did this, like, yeah, bullying is awful. And what happened to this kid is awful. And he's clearly emotional about it. But I'm just curious, like, why this time? Is it because that video just came together perfectly? Yeah, because it, it was a good video. There's 100 kids this week that something like that happened to. Easily. Second point, which you bring up. I'm not real. I don't, you put that on the Internet? Your kid's bullying incident and his emotional moment of sharing it with you? You put that on the Internet? How about calling the school? Like, And then, of course, people were tweeting out the wrong principal, and then somebody had to be like, this is not the same middle school. And then it turns into this thing that it became kind of a conservative liberal thing, which was did? amazing, right, where you had um, some some journalists that I would say were more on the liberal side were saying, you know, this is what happens in society. Little mean boys grow up to be mean men, you know, Trump, Trump, Trump. And then it, then the next guy jumps in and he goes, wait a minute. Are you trying to say little girls aren't mean to each other? <laughs> oh, and then it became a debate on gender that was initially started by a poli- uh, political lean. And now the family may be racist, but he may not be because he's still young and he's off the hook. Like this thing. Oh, and then that's the final string. Is, is, is perfect. This yeah. thing is perfect in the way it covered everything, man. <sighs> it hit it all in less than 48 hours. And at the core of it, I still feel terrible for this kid that had to feel this Isn't way and cry in a video. Fun? Isn't that that's the point? That's what this thing's supposed to be. Right? In the end. By the way, you cannot put yourself in the public eye clearly without putting yourself up to the internet detectives who are going to go through everything in your background. I asked her, what was it? Is it Ken Bone that everybody's background went into? He became, because <laughs> Ken he, Bone's the best analogy ever. Because he dared to ask a question of presidential candidates. In a right? red sweater. I don't even remember what they found. I just remember there was some like investigation of his background that turned up something. because he was, he, uh was it? Was it racist? No, I I believe he wasn't even a little outside of the boundaries of, of a certain kind of taste. So Rudy, you can help us out here. You research on it. Where's our Ken Bone file? I think there were some questionable tweets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, of the sexual nature. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So then it was like Ken can Bone. Can you go into more detail? You know, Ken no. Bone went. <laughs> Ken Bone went from the tweet and like this is the tweet right now. You know what I mean? And like it's a little played, folks. Is Ken Bone's the hero we need right now, you know, or Ken Bone's the hero we deserve. And then, who's and then, that and, guy, by the way? Is like, is he? Hold on a second. Let right. me just go into his background. How about the thing with the, the deal, though? Because, like, I go, all right, so here we go. We got a kid who's crying, and that sucks. And it's right to feel sad, and it's great that people are motivated to be like, you know what? I want to cheer this kid up. Because if you've been bullied and you grow up as somebody, like, you know what it's like, and you're like, this isn't fun, man. And you're a kid, and it means everything, and you don't have as many friends. That's a, it's a heartbreaking feeling, okay? Because some of us went through it. Some of us have siblings that have gone through it. Some of us have had kids where you just go, I know my kid, like, socially right now is not as caught up. And he comes, he dread, she dreads going to school every single day. So that's, like, in the beginning of this, it was so nice. And then it was about kind of taking the content to get the retweets. And then it's kind of about the P.O. box. And now it's a $55,000 GoFundMe. And now you're going, well, wait a minute. Is his mom racist and she used this video to raise money? And is the sister doing fake Instagram things? And then is this because it's men are bad? Is this because of race? Is this because of schooling? And it's just. 
Everything. It was amazing how much this hit on. Like, I can't believe Brexit wasn't brought up at some point. (laughs) There's time. There's still time. There's still time. And you just, it doesn't change anything of not feeling bad for the kid. I hope he makes it up here to ESPN. But. Man, that really is the lost thing in this whole, this whole ordeal. The kid. Like, how far back into the background is the kid now of this story? Another thing is, none of it helps him. None of it including the mom's post. When I saw that, I'm like, Monday's not going to be fun for that kid. Maybe we'll touch on that again a little bit later. All right, coming up. Yeah, I want to talk Michael Bennett. I know you do too with the Seahawks and their loss.